Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. I am Brittany Pacheco. I'm Oberyn Martel Joel Cooper. <laughs> Tristan Jones. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to talk about the series premiere of the new HBO hit series. I, I say hit series, but I think it will be a hit. The Last of Us. The Last of Us is based on the critically acclaimed PlayStation video game series created by Naughty Dog Studios. And yeah, it's, you know, we're we're living in a moment right now where there's a lot of video game ad- 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 adaptations. That's a tough word to say sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. You got, you, we had Uncharted this past year. We've got, there was a Halo series on uh, Paramount Plus. You've got Not the good. Mario. Don't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch that, but um, you got the Super Mario movie coming out in April, which I think will be a hit. God of War, that video game is Amazon's working on a God of War series. Twisted Metal with Anthony Mackie's coming out. No way. Memphis. Twisted yeah. Metal? So, oh, so yeah. video, video games are you know having a moment right now, and I think this is like the the apex, the prestige of uh, of all these shows. And I want to start this off by talking to Tristan because I, Tristan, you're the, only, you're the only person who's played these games. Um, having watched the premiere episode now, and having played the games, how faithful to the game or the games was the premiere in your mind? Or are there a lot of things that you noticed from the games that you saw in last night's episode? So. For clarity, I've um, I've played maybe ten minutes of the uh, the first uh, game, but I played the second one, the entirety uh, of the sequel uh, game. So, from what I've read, uh, the the premiere was completely faithful to like the first fifteen to twenty minutes of uh, of the first game. Right. And I, I, I kind of started it, but I, I didn't really kind of follow through and I kind of put it away. Um, but originally, uh, summer 2020, when my first time hearing about The Last of Us, I started with the sequel uh, and then I went and started to play the first one a little bit. But in the sequel, um, the opening, basically part the before the 20 years later uh, sequence of the premiere, there's a flashback in the sequel where you have to relive the premiere, the opening part uh, to the premiere, right? You have, you know, you are at, you're in Sarah's uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel is gone and the outbreak's happening. And you actually, instead of like the, well, the dog does come uh, to the window. Um, you let the dog in or either I think a, a zombie kills the dog or something like that. And then Sarah has to kind of like evade some zombies until uh, Joel gets there and, and, and saves the day and, and saves her. And then you go through same thing. You go through trying to get through the city. Uh, it's really ner- I said it to say it's really nerve wracking shit. And yeah. it, I had to relive that uh, in the in the premiere. Like literally my like I had goosebumps. My heart was shaking. It's the same thing. Like I was holding a controller. So I said it to say that the premiere from my perspective was pretty faithful uh yeah. to the game um it was a riveting hour an hour and a half it seemed mm-hmm. a television for me frank uh do you have any background playing the game or 
I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I've heard. I remember when when, when Tristan bought the game, and there were times when we needed to work out, and he was distracted with the game, and he wouldn't like get off the goddamn controller. But that's probably my closest like proximity to the game. I, I never played it before. I've seen commercials. It looked entertaining, but I don't like games. I have like work to beat. I just like playing exposition sports football games and stuff. So yeah, I'm kind of the same way as you. I. I, I keep track of video games. My, my One of my brothers is a big gamer, and he I think one of these games I got him for his birthday or Christmas one year. Um, but these are, like, very popular games, and, like, these games have won, like, over 200 awards on the video game circuit. So this is uh, high-quality stuff. And, and Naughty Dog, the one that made this game, they also made the Uncharted series, which we saw the Tom Holland movie last year. And so they their, their video games are very cinematic and very almost kind of made to be adapted to the screen so uh and real quick like the last of us the first one uh were both were actually nominated and and won for not just like the cinematic part of it but like best storytelling right and you know you know i guess we'll, we'll talk about it later but the storytelling element of this game is how i knew it would be a perfect adaptation especially for hbo yeah so, so Frank, what are your first impressions being someone who's coming into this, you know, pretty cold? Um, well, the actors and actresses in the show, uh, you know, the, the Game of Thrones legends um, in their own right, uh, Pedro Pascal, and I sure the I don't know the little girl's name, but Bella just Ramsey. Say it again. Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. So just from the acting pedigree that they that they possess, I knew I was going to be a fan and like at least give it a shot. Um, and I, I can see why people are very excited about it, um, based on the storytelling, the, the, the essence of what the show is going to portray, um, throughout the season, throughout the series. Um, and I get it for like premieres, you have to establish characters, you have to establish storylines. Um, with all that being said, uh, it was a very slow burn for me. Um, especially when it got, especially when they, when they're in present time and, and, you know, with Fedra and like the Fireflies trying to establish characters in that format and like the back and forth within the confines of the, of the, of the compound, that was kind of slow for me. So for me, I'm like, I'm just waiting for the monsters to show up and start wrecking shit. Um, I mean, parts of the episode was great. Like, you know, the, the initial outbreak and like the escape and, and seeing some of the, the people get affected, that was fun. Um, and I'm sure throughout the season, we'll see more of that. Is just the episode as a whole for me was a slow burn. Okay, Brittany, what are your what are your first impressions on the, or thoughts on the episode as a whole? Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out, quick shout out to our friends in the live chat. Uh, we've got Trisha, aka the Texas Potterhead. She says she's very excited about us coming uh, on here and covering the Last of Us, and is very much like straight out of the game and Amber too. Amber says she can't stay, but she just wanted to come by, say hi and give us a thumbs up. So please everyone else who's watching or watching the replay, give us a a like on this video. We appreciate y'all being here. Uh, So like Frank, I'm coming into this cold. I don't do zombie anything like TV shows, movies, video games, like the resident evil stuff not my jam. Like it's, it never has been, never will be. It's more John's uh, it's more to his liking. And surprisingly he has not played the last of us. Cause I think because it's a PlayStation game and he's more yeah. like Xbox. Um, that's like the reason for it. 
However, uh, with Naughty Dog, the only thing I knew about Naughty Dog uh, was Crash Bandicoot, which I used to play as a kid. Um, and so that was that's like the one and only connection I have. But for what the premiere was, like Frank, I, I feel like it dragged. It was definitely a slow burn for me. The parts of it that were exciting, that really caught your attention, were done extremely well. I do very much enjoy the Game of Thrones casting uh, with Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. It's kind of cool to see these actors who never once shared the screen on Game of Thrones. And now, you know, we see them together and, and just seeing what kind of uh, chemistry that they have, if you will. And it's it's good. I mean, I think it's good so far. I think there's a spunkiness to uh, Bella's character that kind of matches that of Pedro's character. So that's going to be fun to um, explore if I continue watching this show, but because of that whole zombie element, I'm not sure if I'm really going to actively watch the show um, because at one point Luna lost her damn mind and when Luna loses her mind, I'm going to lose my mind. So Luna said no, I said no as well. And so <laughs> For the viewers and listeners, Luna is your dog. So Luna is my dog. Yes, yeah. she, okay. she is my three-year-old Corgi who was actively watching the show with, with me and John. And she saw the old lady, which Trisha so eloquently put, she was creepy as fuck. Yes. <laughs> when that lady was activated. Oh my God. Luna started barking and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Mm -mm. Luna's out. I'm out. Mm -mm. I'm done. <laughs> so let me be the first to say if that old lady creeps you out. It's time to get out. This, yeah, Bro. There's, there's some shit here. This, the, 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 the whole on this season of man. and seeing those other creature. Uh -uh, no, uh -uh, I'm, I don't want that cauliflower looking face. Like, I don't want to look at that. No, I don't need to see that. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. this, this might be the one episode I will join y'all to discuss the last <laughs> of us, but I cannot confidently say I'm going to continue watching the show it's it's just not my jam some people are not into musicals i'm not into zombies that that's just what it is <laughs> yeah, maybe no. maybe a zombie musical that's what you need right absolutely the fuck not right frank what were you gonna say i so i will say this when they when some of the ladies got affected um the level of athleticism um really really went up there and if, if they're gonna be like hurtling and and bouncing off walls and Running four four forties, then um, I, I need I need more of that. That was pretty mm -hmm. impressive. Mm -mm. I don't need that extra shit either. No, we're we're cool. Like mm, we're fine. Uh, Trisha says that the the game is scary. One not one not to play in the dark. I hear you. Noted. <laughs> I play that shit from morning to like <laughs> three four o'clock in the morning. Uh -uh. It Man. it's a very popular game series. I mean, yeah. it's like. Though you know the thing about PlayStation, PlayStation has a has a handful of games or more that are like exclusive that are literally the reason why people buy the PlayStation. I mean, the PlayStation is obviously maybe the market leader anyway, and it's a cool PlayStation's always kind of been a cool looking uh device or system or whatever, but uh they have several games that are like The Last of Us Uncharted, these new Spider-Man games, which are phenomenal. Like honestly, if you haven't played Spider-Man 2018, you need to play that if you like spider-man at all or just superheroes or the miles morales game which was a sequel that's a great game and the last of us is certainly uh up there or above all these so um i i went in this knowing 
I knew Joel, I knew Ellie, I knew the character names. Um, actually, I know the voice talent who plays them in the video game because I think those those uh, those actors are going to be in the show later on down the in the season. And uh, the guy who voices Joel, the actor's name is Troy Baker, and he's done a lot of like he's been the Joker's voice on animated stuff and video games. He's done all kinds of video game stuff. And he actually hosts the official podcast on HBO for the last of us. And I would recommend if you like this show, meaning the last of us, check out the, the official podcast. It's very, it's very in depth. It kind of, uh, I definitely got a lot out of listening to that about this episode, because again, I didn't, I don't know much about the story. I know there's some kind of, you know, I thought it was like a, a zombie alien thing, but actually it's a, it's a pandemic. It's a fungal outbreak that basically takes over the, you know, ravages the world, you know, and a uh, little too close to home. Don't you think? <laughs> well, you know, that, that gets me to a question I wanted to ask you before we kind of get, got into the show a whole lot. So we see in the, in this show, it opens in Austin, Texas, 2003. What a time to be alive. I think I was actually in Austin around that time. I was so. just going to ask you. Were yeah, you I like think I was in Austin. I was in uh, 2002, I think. It was summer of 02. Yeah. Anyway, I like Austin. Anyway, I was in middle um, school. <laughs> you're in middle school. Yeah, I'm a little bit older. Um, <laughs> so definitely wiser also. No. Um, anyway, so we open in Austin, Texas, 2003. Then we, you know, this, this outbreak happens. We flash forward to 2023 right 20 years later my question for y'all is had this outbreak happened in our world would there be an, a world 20 years down the road because i don't think there would be i'll go to tristan first do, do you think like what we've seen the last of us do you think there'd be that many people and i don't even know how many people are honestly still around in this country or on the world but i feel like this this kind of thing would would wipe out the whole world what do you think I agree. I mean, but if let's pretend that there were the same amount of people that there are in, you know, present day last of us, I think this, we'd see the same type of world. We, I think we still see this dystopian uh, just environment where, you know, groups are fighting for control, you know, factions are warring over like the scraps of resources that, that we have, like, this is kind of, I think every, Walking Dead and Uncharted and all these different shows, uh, these games and, and, and shows uh, and movies are trying to warn us of what mankind kind of will look like if we don't kind of fix these fundamental issues of like climate change and poverty and, and so on. Because once, it, once it's all gone, then it's like, who's going to be the king of the ashes, right? It's, um famous little finger line. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that in, in real life, we would be even as prosperous as we'll see on the show. Like, I think I, cynical me always believes that mankind is just born to, to kill itself off. Um, and as you can see, we're doing a great job of that ourselves. So, um, well, which yeah. philosopher said that man would return to its natural state? Was it Rousseau? There, there's, there's a philosopher out there back in the day that basically said that, you know, we eventually will go, like, nature would eventually go back to its original state. If that means taking us all out, fungus or otherwise, it's going to return to its natural state. And everything around us is is 
working towards that, right? The environment, like everything, like just running out of resources. We start with the animals and uh, <laughs> animals. We keep noticing like more and more animals just extinct, extinct every month. Like a, a new animal is extinct, right? There's this new hurricanes, new, all these different things, right? Um, and then there's the things that we can control, um, like fighting global warming and stuff like that. And the show nods, it, it the whole opening of this, right, with, with two professors on the, on the show is a warning, you know, just like, don't, yeah. don't look up or what's, what's shit, don't look up now, or whatever. Yeah, don't look um, up, yeah. Again, these are warning shows of like, you know, yeah, it might be satire and this may be um, kind of, you know, sci-fi genre, you know, with zombies and shit, but these are warnings of things that can actually happen, that could uh, legitimately happen, right? The science that he was saying was not fiction. So, right, yeah, it, it it's, of course, it's fantasy, it's not reality, but it's not that far off, in my opinion. Yeah. Frank, what, what do you think? Would Would a fungal outbreak would that wipe us out or would we would we still i mean would the chiefs be in the playoffs in 2023 if that happened in 03 or what's the <laughs> title game yeah man um i could definitely see tristan's uh depiction i, I can definitely see that because i don't i don't trust mankind either um another route i could see is uh, um a uh, oligarchy so kind of like hunger, hunger games like uh like a, a finite amount of of billionaires or people who, who have the abundance of influence of resources, money, control, um, pretty much fencing off everybody else and having them fight for themselves and the elitist of the world, um, pretty much boarding off, bordering off sections of the world just for them. I can definitely see that as well. Um, having things, having the, the earth, you know, broken down in districts or colonies and pretty much of the, the middle class and poor and lower class are just fighting for survival while the rich are just, you know, thriving because of their influence. Um, now I don't, I don't think their money will be much influence in 20 years, but what they, their resources will be of, of uh, influence um, land, you know, to grow food, um, oil, things of that nature. So I, I could definitely see that in 20 years because we just, we're very destructive and, um, the earth is just accelerating to a, to another cataclysm disaster that's, that's going to happen. I think the scientists have said there's been over half a million uh, cataclysmic um, disasters where the earth cleanses itself. I could definitely, I could definitely see that happening um, with a, with a fungal infestation or a pandemic of, of that, of that kind. Yeah. And you know, this part of the show is, you know, I know we, we talked a little bit about how like, you know, okay, y'all, some of y'all thought the episode was a little bit too long. It's an 80 minute premiere episode, which I understand. I get that's a long time, but I think the show does a good job of building this, showing us this world. And I, I, I think it conversely does a great job of also not throwing a whole lot of lore and stuff at us. You know, like we only saw a couple of the, uh, uh, what are we calling them? It's like a cordyceps. Is that, is that what the infected people call it? Cordyceps, Tristan. Uh, I don't remember that them calling them that in the in the sequel game. Okay. Um, so I don't know that that's I right. Call, even after the second watch, I was like cordyceps. I don't recall. So let's yeah. just call them the the infected. <laughs> right. We don't see a ton of that. We don't. I mean, we were introduced obviously to the main characters, Joel, played by Pedro Pascal, 
and we're introduced to Ellie late in the episode played by Bella Ramsey. And I think they do a great job of just setting the, setting the table, you know, like in, I think if they throw in a bunch at us, I think I, I might not have been interested in keep in continuing to watch the show, but because it's like, I like that it's a slower pace because it's setting up this thing, which I think is a cool idea. I think the idea of, you know, the world, you know, drastically changing and these people literally trying to survive and having to travel across the country and maybe around the world. I think that's a very interesting take in the fact that, you know, Pedro Pascal is his Joel is uh, he's in charge of safely transporting this girl who apparently is, is special in some way, which I have no idea how she's special. And we can talk about that, but I think that's very interesting. It's also very similar to the Mandalorian. Um, Oh no, there's going to be side quests. God. Yeah. Which, you know, note as we're recording this tonight during the, uh, the super wildcard weekend finale, which the NFL, like it's the playoffs, man, like super wildcard weekend, whatever. Anyway, during tonight's <laughs> football game, they're going to have the, the trailer for season three of the Mandalorian. So, which starts in March. So as this series is ending, another Pedro Pascal, uh, vehicle is taking off. And so I guess he's just going to dominate 2023, but, uh, him, Jonathan no. majors. Let's go. Oh, you're right. They, like they are honestly like neck and neck for who's in a control 2023. That's very cool. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here but, for it. But no, I, I like the pacing of it so far. I like, I think the acting is, is phenomenal. And let's, let's get into that. Uh, Brittany, what do you think of the cast so far? And, and let's, let's just focus on the people that we saw in this episode. There were only about five or six people in the cast, but uh, what, what do you think of the cast so far? I mean, casting, I, I think, was well done. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about, uh, you know, GOT alums, Pedro Pascal and, and Bella Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And to see that they're, you know, they never shared a screen on Game of Thrones, yet they're sharing time, uh, of course, on this show. By the way, the opening titles, like, do they get the same people who do the Game of Thrones House of Dragon opening titles? Because that was a vibe right there. That gave me total game of thrones vibes as trisha said here uh in the chat she she loved it i loved it i thought it was cool looking uh but anyway that's a sidebar we the the other minor characters that we got to meet in this episode one working with uh joel's character uh the other person who was actually the voice character of her same character from the video game um was it um not Marcella. That, that, that's her Marlene. friend in the chat, Marlene. Marlene, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, she she gets to reprise her role as as her own, you know, voice character, and then also I guess he's the brother to Joel, and that is Gabriel Luna's character. His name is Tony. Is his Tommy. name Tony? Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. 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 So yeah, very few uh, characters like that really you kind of focus on. Um, the neighbors, the elderly neighbors to uh, Joel and his daughter, Sarah, which how the hell did I forget to mention her phenomenal performance from this young lady that sadly, you know, we lost her too soon, but her, her story sets the tone obviously for what Joel is going to be doing for the rest of this, this show. Right. And you see the parallels of course, that he experiences with losing his daughter in the beginning of the episode and then what he's forced to do in order to protect Bella Ramsey's character because he's charged with taking her across country to 
keep her safe because she's special somehow. I mean, one can, you know, pretty much determine why she's special um, to this whole cause. But I think the acting, especially from uh, Nico Parker, was was incredibly well done. And you you feel her her fear and not understanding, you know, as a, as a young woman, like what's going on around her and why is everything shutting down so quickly and what's happening with her neighbors and why is the dog freaking out? By the way, we need to protect all the animals at all costs. We don't need to see, uh, Frank knows what I'm talking about, what happened to Luan's dog in, in Gangs of London. Yeah, we, we don't need to see that. But Tragic. It, tragic is, is the word. Overall, I think casting and the acting was e extremely well done. There's there's definitely just low points that kind of dragged. But I think the way that you talked about it, Justin, with developing the story and really kind of like laying it down for us without getting too in-depth was well done. So the storytelling, I think, could use a little bit of work. But overall, I mean, I get the I have an understanding of what's happening in this uh, this era. Yeah. And. I want to touch on some some of the characters you mentioned. Uh, Sarah, which you said was played by Nico Parker, which is uh, Thandi Newton's daughter, which she looks just a like mini her, me. Which Thandi Newton, if you're not familiar with her, she was in Westworld, another HBO mm -hmm. show, and she was also in Solo, the uh, the Han Solo movie, which I liked. A lot of people didn't, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, the what I what I want to talk about with that character is she's kind of the point of view character, Tristan, as you said, like in the started the first video game, but also in this show. And I mean, I, I kind of thought she was going to die because I know that Joel and Ellie have to make this journey. And I, I knew that like, there, obviously Joel has to experience some kind of a loss, but I don't know that. I think there were some people that sat down to watch the show last night and they, they watched the first 10 minutes and they're like, Oh, this Sarah is, she's like one of the main characters. And then like fast forward 10, 12 minutes later and she gets shot. Um, uh, just kind she of walk the, us through she, like um, she got the Ned Stark treatment. Good God. Yeah, it, it, it is a kind of a Ned Stark treatment because I had again, I haven't played the game in right. almost three years now. Um, and again, the in the sequel game, uh, because it's, it's a narrative driven game, you know, Joel and Ellie would have some type of conversation and it would, you know, lead to this flashback. Right. of when the outbreak first happened so you're literally you're in sarah's perspective so i had forgotten that it's like somewhere in the in the i, I, I don't even know what the middle to get that game is super long that game, long game yeah. it, it took me about two two and a half months to finish mm -hmm. um and so i had forgotten about that opening sequence that I, I had to actually go through and play it and beat it uh to get back to the original uh the plot line of the sequel game so, you know, my wife leans over. She and um, she asked me. She was like, "Do do we know that she died in the game?" And I, I couldn't remember. I was like, "No, I don't. I don't remember." So about halfway through the opening sequence, I'm like, "Oh, she, I, like things start, you know, coming back." I was like, "Oh, I remember that particular scene from playing it." And then the hurt came back. I was like, "Oh shit." I know how this ends, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, so you just, for me, playing that game was just reliving uh, that same cathartic experience it is of seeing really with Joel, the reason why we think Sarah's the protagonist is because she kind of runs Joel's life. 
Yeah. Right. She keeps him in line. She holds him accountable for, you know, celebrating things outside himself. Like, because in the, the character development we see of Joel in, in the opening sequence, we know that uh, he's a single parent. We know that um, he's a combat veteran. Right. So we know like his mentality is just like, all I care about is, is the mission, right? What, what's in front of me? I have to protect my daughter. I have to protect, I have to make sure we have a place to, you know, eat, roof over our heads, so on and so forth. So uh, Sarah was the one who kind of grounded him in, in his humanity. And, you know, going through that sequence and seeing the destruction of that, that reality that they had known for, you know, their entire lives, their entire lives just kind of go up in smoke. Um, and you really, what we're really watching is kind of like the death of Joel's humanity. Um, and that's something that we have to see him kind of work to get back through his relationship with Ellie. But it was, a, it was just gut-wrenching going through it again and, and really kind of falling in love with Sarah as a character so quickly again, knowing that her fate was going to be really quickly, you know, real quick. Uh, but also knowing the impact it was going to have on Joel going forward. Yeah. Frank, were you surprised when we, when Sarah died in the first 10 or 15 minutes? I wasn't only because I saw the previews and she was nowhere in those previews. <laughs> it was Ellie and, and, and Joel um, in those previews. Um, and even knowing that, and this is just like, just great acting, even knowing that she wasn't going to be around in those 15 minutes, I got so invested in, in that character. Like, if I had a daughter, that's how I want my daughter to be. Like, just very loving, compassionate, caring, um, selfless, um, just very well-rounded. And and I told I told myself, do not get committed to this character because she's not going to provide this shit. I don't, and I still did. And this shit fucking sucks. But um, no, nah, it, it's like Brittany, like I think Brittany said, it's a great cast. Like, I mean, Gabriel Luna, who plays Uncle Tommy, he was Ghost Rider in season four and five of uh, Ages of Shield. Like, he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, it just has long hair in this in this in this series, and you know, I mean, it's it's a wonderful cast, and and, and I mean, I, I look forward to what they what they have to offer. But um, I didn't play the video game. It sounds very somber and sounds mostly just it mostly just uh, distraught. <laughs> so um, I can I can imagine playing that and seeing her pass away in the video game, or her not being around can be such a negative impact. And and on that note of, of her passing, Frank, uh, I saw a comparison video of the show adaptation and then the actual video game adaptation. And it's spot on, like frame for frame. Like they were true. Even down to like the shirt she's wearing. It's the same. But, whatever like, the shirt is, it's the same shirt. Yeah. The Like the arm motions and like just how she was kind of like clinging on to her dad. Like it, it was uncannily. That Spot house, on. that house, the house is uh, strikingly similar to mm -hmm. to the game. Like that's what caught me. That's what kind of activated my my memories of uh, that sequence of the game. It was the house it was like shit. Like I remember mm -hmm. just how the stairs because I had to. You have to go upstairs and and get the watch out of the drawer. You have to go to this room and and check his room. Because uh, you start off with El with uh, Sarah waking up and you, she goes across she checks. Joel's room, he's not there. She goes downstairs. Uh, she's, you know, hearing the, the boom. She's hearing gunshots and all these things. You know, the dog goes up to that very same uh, window 
and start scratching on the door. Like you have to relive these things and it activated immediately, immediately because of how just well they staged uh, just the setting, like the, the house, everything. So, yeah, the attention to detail in this game or in this in this series is, you know, it's amazing. Pretty, yeah, pretty well done. You know what this what the Sarah character kind of reminds me of on on a smaller level and it's definitely a shorter stint on the show is y'all remember Huey's girlfriend, the first episode of the boys. Mm-hmm. How like this actress is like, she's so good. Like in the two minutes she's on screen, you're like, okay, this is definitely a character that's going to be on the show. And then like, you know, five minutes later, a train literally runs through her spoilers for those who haven't seen the boys season one. But it, to me, it's the same thing. I was like, Oh man, like this, this actress is great. And this is a good character. And then like, we lose the character right away. And it's like, it sets Joel on this path of, you know, then we see later on whenever they burn this or these kid, like this kid comes in and obviously he's been infected. I call it. They, they shoot him up with something and basically euthanize him. And then Joel is the one who, you know, someone comes up to him and says, I can't, I can't, it's a kid. I can't do it. He just goes up there, picks up the, the kid's dead body and, throws it in the pile that's going to be burned and you see like how he goes from this like loving father to where 20 years later it's like that's just an, a way to earn body a, yeah that's just a way to earn a living is by collecting the dead bodies and burning them it's like what a, and like also you see how pedro pascal how they how he ages from 2003 to 2023 and it's like he really well, think- does look like the character in the game yeah. especially the, what I've seen like on the cover and whatever it's like they did a great job with that detail also I think that's phenomenal Perfect. yeah because I think in tw- in 2003 he was turning 36 36 yeah and yeah. so 20 years later now he's 56 it's crazy yeah. Frank you looked like you were about to say something no no I, I was gonna I was just gonna add my two cents on that is that um I can imagine like losing a child is devastating I mean it just totally sucks and to act to, to be an actor and to portray that in a film or in a show is even tougher. Um, the guy who plays Stans Baratheon, um, he did an interview years ago for, um, I think it was Vogue. I can't remember the magazine, but um, he had lost a niece way back when um, mm. in a fire. <laughs> so, and then like he, uh, so. And they burned his on-screen daughter. Yeah. So oh. it, it, it triggered him and he wasn't, it took months to get out of that to get out of that trauma because of, of what he went through as an uncle losing his niece. I'm like, fuck. Like that, I, I can imagine, I can imagine trying to recreate that for film, for, for entertainment and, and, and be okay. Um, so you've seen that scene and like, and, and seeing Joel just dump the body, like emotionless, like how many kids you have to throw away to the side or, or burn up to, to get to that point of like almost it becoming customary at that point and not, not feeling anymore. That's that 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 triggered me uh, to seeing that scene because that's, that's it's always tough to see kids die and it's always tough to see, um, you know, because children are blameless and to see that happen in the show is always tough to watch for sure. So, but I wonder because obviously we know nothing about this child that came to Boston, which is now where Joel's living, right. making a living. You know, you see like these cement walls surrounding what is formerly known as Boston and there's like a quarantine zone, what have you. So it's like, where did this child come from? Cause it looked like he had like a little patch or something. And is it from the same facility that perhaps Ellie is from? Because there was talk about where she was prior to when we first 
meet her and that's in chains in a in a room so uh, I Tristan I don't know if that's something that you can shed some light on but like um, it, se it seems like there's a facility out there that's testing on kids and and or people yeah I mean this may or may not be a spoiler for like later on in the season but uh in the sequel game it there it do take you back to a flashback of when Ellie was taken from a particular facility or or because you do have to go back to that same facility in the sequel game and it triggers a flashback uh to her i don't know that's gonna lead to a spoiler but like yeah there's a, i'll say that there's a facility okay because <laughs> okay. it sounds like there's a lot of talk about a facility and then like the, the quote-unquote terrorist group the fireflies and it's like you know you're still trying to learn everything about this world but it it just curiosity for me was like where the hell did this kid come from did the kid escape or i don't know anyway it was a sad ordeal but i had called it like as soon as i saw the kid go into the quarantine and the, like the red the, he was tested and the red light showed i was like oh shit this is not good yeah we'll, we'll probably see the, uh we'll probably find that out okay yeah can, can we talk about the federal rules of of, of that compound in boston did, did, did you see those rules? Mm -hmm. How dire and how serious they were? Like, if you like leave on an otherwise quarantine zone, it's automatic death. Like, um, you know, uh, I think you get hung if you miss curfew. It's like it, these are like some serious dystopian type of like <laughs> rules going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I want to read something uh, Marcy said in the chat. She goes, I found it crazy that they've been in that yep. new dystopian world for 20 years and people are still having kids. I feel like I definitely wouldn't want to bring kids into that type of world. Girl, I agree. No, I thought the same you. thing last night. I was like, why are there still kids? Period. Like, this is like crazy. I mean, like I was saying, if this happened in our world, our, we wouldn't make it to 2004, much less to 2023. I, I don't believe I really, I think the whole world would just, you know, would eat itself Stop. or whatever. Yeah, like there'd be like what? one zombie to rule them all. Like in a uh, Zack Snyder's <laughs> famous, uh, the one in Las Vegas, whatever that was called army. Of the oh, Dead. army of the dead. Yeah. Oh God. The the one zombie with the helmet, the only one that knew right. to cover his head. Yeah. Which we also covered. We did here on the watches in the basement. It was Go a big hit. Out. Yeah. So check big it out. Hit. If you have it. Yeah. Yeah. But people Tristan, what talking, man. What's that? <laughs> people be talking. And especially <laughs> when they believe imminent death, it's it like, yeah. it's like people be fucking and yeah, you just kind of throw caution to the wind. Uh, I think that's episode two. That's the title. I think so. Right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, it used to, I used to ask the same thing. Like why bring kids into this particular situation until you realize like um, be, that, that feeling of being on edge all the time of, of feeling like every day is survive or die. It gets the blood flowing, and it, 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 it <laughs> leads to carnal desires. I, I would imagine, like, yeah. You, you know what gets the blood flowing? Volcanoes. And <laughs> Marcy go. said she would chuck herself into one. Peace out, zombies. Listen, I'm I'm right behind you. No, see the thing is, we when we talked earlier about factions and like this dystopian type of way of living, Hunger Games, uh, Divergent, The Handmaid's Tale. All of those shows, movies have the similar organization of there's there's, you know, a small group of people who call the shots and like everyone else has to like 
fight each other in order to survive. And yeah, it's, it's called the real world. I know, right? I know. But like with the hangings of, you know, people who try to escape the quarantine or enter into a quarantine and you get, you know, hung for it. It's, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is Handmaid's Tale for, you know, various reasons. You know, you just look at someone the wrong way and boom, okay, we're going to hang you now. Or you get, you know, shot you know, execution style. It's nuts. But yeah, more so to the point, don't bring kids into this world. <laughs> Let's just not. Yeah. But it, it also goes back to my point too of like history. Like when you have empires and like unruly dictators and like just very dangerous rules put in place, it's it's automatic and natural that resistance is gonna is gonna resist that. People are gonna fight back. And it's, it gets to a point where people backs against the wall and they have nothing to lose um you see in star wars you saw it in game of thrones you see in, in every single empire faction that's put in place that's unruly people are going to fight back and and in this case the fireflies i i, I want to see where this goes because a lot of times empires come from within because you have infighting going on too um with these with these type of empires and factions that are going on i think what well, you will definitely see throughout this season, throughout this show, um, and with anybody who's played the game um, will tell you kind of chillingly, like myself, is that the, the scariest parts of the game, like there's obviously there's zombies and, you know, they, they call it something. I forgot what they call it in the game. Um, there's zombies, of course. There's even like the super zombies that we will see which are super scary. Oh my God, like nightmares, uh, scary, but the nope. scariest parts of this game are the people, right? right? Uh, by far, like it's the cruelty of the people. Um, and like those rules reflect that, like anytime society falls, like something has to take its place. Right? Uh, any type of regime, like people can't, I think what the show is, is kind of in, what the show is trying to tell us is that um, people cannot live with just letting people have like their own individual freedoms and stuff like that. Somebody has to be on top. Right. Um, and that's where we always, that's where we'll see like these different factions competing against each other. Cause like you stop and ask yourself, well, what are we really fighting over? There's not that many resources. Um, like the population is not growing. There's no, central economy to where people can get rich from it right there's no luxuries so what are you fighting over and it's control right and any anytime we have control and no you know we have this lawless environment you're going to have severe oppression and that's you know what we see here yeah well said the uh it's kind of speaking of what we were talking about a little bit before as far as like companionship it looks like Joel has somebody new in his life. This character Tess, uh, Tristan. How how involved is Tess in the sequel game, or, or does she not make it to the first one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tess, I believe, is in the sequel game. Okay. Yes. Okay. It seems like she's gonna be pretty pivotal. Uh, she's you know in, at least in the show, at least the first you know first few episodes, maybe maybe the first season. And by the way, the show uh, so that the first season is going to be nine episodes and by all accounts, it sounds like this is going to be a two season show because 
the first season is supposedly going to be the first game and the second season will be the second game. So I think that if, if that turns out to be true, that's very cool because you're telling us like, you know, we know where the end zone is, right? Like we know where the end goal is. And if they're going to give us like 18 to 20 episodes of this, like well-sold plotted out story, I think it could be one of the best TV series ever. You know what I mean? Like if you know, you, the end is in sight and you know what you're going to do. And you have this great, like resource of this video game to adapt and bring to the screen. I think that's, that'll make this special. You know, if, if they say from the jump, like we're giving you two years of great TV. I think that's, that's unique. Pretty cool. Honestly, I'm going to make a prediction. If this gets all the way to the end of season two, then there'll probably be a season three because the way that the second game ends, right kind of leads to, you know, uh, at least there'll be a ton of speculation over whether there'll be a season three. And uh, Neil Druckmann, who is one of the uh, co-executive producers on the, sh- on the show, he wrote the game, is, you know, like the co-president of Naughty Dog. Uh, he said in the past that, that, like, he does have some more story to tell. So there could be a third game. Now, you know, are we going to get into, like, a Game of Thrones kind of situation where, you know, the third game is not out yet, and thus, the third season would be, you know, oh held up much like much Ooh. like how uh, George R. R. Martin won't finish his book series, and so the uh, the showrunners of uh, Game of Thrones just had to go their own way and you know do the best they could. So mm. I don't think that'll happen with this series, but it's interesting to see how that'll play out because The Last of Us Two, what it, it just came out like what 2019, 2020? It's 2020. Yeah, 2020. So. The first game came out in 2013. They've remastered it, remade it. Like now, if you have a PS5, you can get the PS5 version. But the first one was on PS3. The second one is a PS4 game. Um, And there's been like downloadable content where you can play like extra missions or whatever, which makes it feel like it's more than just two games. But uh, it's basically just two games. So uh, to me, that's interesting. If it is just going to be one season per game. uh, But those. That one game is literally equivalent to a season of television. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's good to know. So I don't watch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'll I'll give it a fair. I'll give it a fair chance. Yeah. But just understand, I I don't do zombies. Again, there'll be a lot of parts that creep you out, but the storytelling, the, the character. Uh, development i think you'll love the cinematic part of it i think you'll love don't doubt it but yeah the little bits of the scary folk um, i will not doubt i I can't mm -hmm. doubt on that it's gonna be creepy as hell like i said when luna saw the old lady and the tentacle things were coming out of her mouth and luna starts bark 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 she's like nah we're done i'm like okay i'm done too (laughs) so remember that's itself don't bring old ladies around Luna. There you go. <laughs> no, I, you know, I think like coming out of this episode, I have a lot of questions for episode two and I, not that we can, I mean, Tristan probably can answer some of them, but we're not going to, we're not going to try to spoil anything, but uh, you know, like I want to know like, why is Ellie special? You know, we see she has a bite mark. She tests positive in that scene at the end when the guard stops them as they're trying to, to flee. And then we see, which it's the same guard that early in the episode, Joel is, you know, he's bargain. He's like basically selling drugs to, or he's trying to 
make enough money so he can buy a car battery or a battery for a truck that he can basically, you know, put in the truck and then him and Tess or whoever can, can escape, uh, Boston. And, uh, well, because it you know, sounded like he he was trying to find his brother, whom he hadn't heard from right, in, exactly. in weeks. Another question is what happened to Tommy? Like, it seems like they had a falling out, which you know, by what happens in two thousand three when it all when it all goes down and they're they're in town and you know planes are crashing and people are losing their minds and there's explosions and stuff. The fact that Tommy makes it to twenty twenty three is shocking to me. I mean, if he wasn't played by like a name actor like Gabriel Luna he wouldn't have made it. Right. So it's, inter- I'm interested to see like what happens between those characters. Cause they have some kind of a falling out. Although obviously, uh, you know, Joel still cares about his brother and he's trying to get to his brother who's been missing for a few weeks in 2023. So yeah, that's a, that's a question I have. Like I- I'm interested to see what happens. You know, I mean, is there anything, Frank, is there anything that you're after watching the first episode that you're like, I need to know, like if I'm going to continue to watch this, I need to know this happens or whatever. I just have so many questions. Like, why the fuck is he in Wyoming? You're in Massachusetts. That's a long drive on a regular day in a in a in a in a zombie-infested dystopian world. And then, bro, you need a battery, nigga. What about gas, nigga? That's like a twenty some, some it's like a twenty-hour drive. How, how you gonna get there with no gas stations? Are you are you are, you, are, you, are there other other are there other settlements that has like supplies that you can go barter with? Like, I don't. That's that sounds like a suicide mission to me. I bet they load up on the gas. I bet like they have just like, you know, that's dangerous in itself. Well, yeah, and, but I mean, I mean you're like, driving through terrain. There are no clear highways in this point of, of in this world. Like no, you're probably I driving there still terrain. are, right? There's probably still highways. I don't know. 20 years later. Well, yeah, all still, over the place there. So it's gotta be something. The, the game is, <laughs> the game is very realistic in, in its imagination of, a zombie apocalypse basically where everything shuts down and and you know these grass overtakes you know a lot of highways so in the game yeah you have some highways yeah but they only go up to a certain amount and then you have to drive around and then you know this big ridge in the ground you know what i'm saying in the middle of a city you know because it's imagining all these things so yeah it doesn't have like it's, it doesn't look like you know present day houston right uh as far as freeways but they're very realistic in that in that sense i will say you you do you do find out like how these different resources are acquired because really a big part of the game is acquiring resources right which is why the show makes so much of a pain to like zoom in on um you know joel saying hey i need that ziploc bag back right that's a staple of the of the game it was like Every little resource matters. You have to hoard every single resource that you possibly can because they all come in handy, right? Right. Uh, Bella, uh, not yeah. Um, Ellie, when she is in the room and she notices the book, like, and she immediately starts to like start cracking the code. That is a staple of the game. Uh, so you'll you'll see how all these things are acquired. Um, I do have a question. Okay. The questions. Some of the questions that you all have you know, about the show going forward, are these things that you want to know or these are just things that we're curious about? Because I can, I could tell you why Ellie is special. If we oh, yeah, no, I, I think I, I know. I think I know. I, it's yeah. one of those just, they're, they're uh, what are you calling, calling it? Just laying the foundation, mm-hmm. but it's, it's 
pretty telling. I mean, you see one zombie movie show, you kind of can figure out there's always one special person who can save the day kind of thing. Um, no, I don't want to know per se. It's just like open-ended question to, oh, yeah. you know, have engagement, yeah. that kind of thing. I don't want to know. And we'll, we'll also find out why Joel and, and Tommy fall out, you know, have a fall. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Right. So, so to go back to what Tristan was talking about in, in the sense of the importance of resources and in the game acquiring those resources and things like that so basically what you're telling me tristan much like the mandalorian is we're getting side quests during this show <laughs> starring pedro pascal <laughs> so it's not just gonna be a linear kind of thing no we're going we're gonna deviate we're gonna side quest <laughs> yeah the, the the sequel game does a great job amazing job of every little important detail in the storyline in the sequel game, they give you context for it in, from the first game, mm. right? So I didn't have to play the first game to understand everything that happened leading right. up to the sequel game. So uh, I think we'll see a lot of that in this se series, in this season of just flashbacks to like different parts. Uh, and I've read about this too, like they're gonna do it, but different parts of their lives and, and how they play a part in who they are in present day. That makes sense. Well, I like what Marcy had to say here about why Tommy's in Wyoming, and it's because he's checking on John Dunn to see if he's okay. Great tie-in. <laughs> y'all be sure to check out our Yellowstone and 1923 podcasts, y'all. Uh, right now, they're on temporary hiatus, but you have plenty of time to catch up. When are those shows coming back? 23 and February so, 5th. Yeah. Is when that coming back. And Yellowstone, Yellowstone is in September. Was September for Yellowstone? I heard September for Yellowstone. Wow! And that's because I don't watch the show. <laughs> September like summertime. I thought was, I thought it was like early summer, like like oh, maybe maybe something. it's earlier. Maybe it's maybe earlier. summer mid September. So maybe maybe, wow. maybe so. Anyway, but it's still Please. the same season. They're just taking that big of a break. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to be sixteen wow. episodes. Yes. That's that's crazy. There's wow. they're supposed to kind of explain, I guess, in the show why there was such a a long wait. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, you know, back to thing, Last of Us. Yeah, the, the one thing I tell about this show, and I, I, I know this from the, the second game, is I know music is a big part of this, this show. Like, I know Joel plays guitar. There's a yeah. Pearl Jam song I know that we're probably going to see at some point uh, or hear. Um, yeah. I think, I think um, like, all the stuff that I knew going into this show, which I said was, you know, wasn't a whole lot, but just the peripheral kind of stuff, it seems like all of that stuff they've got in this show. And it's, I think it's one of those things where if you, if you watch this show and if you follow and pay attention to details, you're going to be rewarded because you're going to see little things that like, Oh, I noticed that in the first episode and here we are in like episode five and Oh, they're bringing it back. And look that Ziploc bag. Yeah. Well, I think it's just smart storytelling, which we don't always get with the movies and shows that we, uh, we talk about, you know, like sometimes we do, yeah. sometimes we don't, but I think this show I think it's it's like carefully like like manicured to where you're gonna get the payoffs for all this stuff because like I said they have a limited like runway you know if they're just gonna do two seasons they're gonna put everything in these in these you know episodes so I don't know yeah I'm excited for it and you know a lot of critics have have already seen all nine episodes are available for like critics to review and several of them watched the whole season some have only watched a few but like the reviews are like glowing. 
And uh, it, the reason why I ask about Yellowstone being off is because, like, right now, besides, like, the NFL playoffs or whatever, there's not a whole lot going on entertainment-wise. I guess except for Avatar. Avatar is just crushing. Avatar 2 is, like, already to $2 billion for some some odd reason. But, uh, <laughs> like, it, I, I think if, like, if The Last of Us is as good as, like, I think, I think it is, and I think what Tristan thinks, um, this could, like, be, like, a culturally dominant thing until March or until like Ant-Man comes out or until the next Pedro Pascal thing, a Mandalorian comes out. So I think it's, uh, this could be a game of Thrones kind of show is what I'm trying to say. Basically. Like I I said, uh, one of these weeks, um, this show was either going to be a massive hit or it's going to be a massive disappointment because of the hype and everything. But I had full confidence in it because, Everything that you're supposed to feel in a great television show, right? Like the the attachment to characters. Oh my God! Please don't attach yourself to anybody. Uh, in this that, is seriously Game of Thrones all over again. Yeah. My God! It, but that's what what really got me into it because I don't do zombie shows either. Mm-hmm. Right? I watched The Walking Dead up to a certain point where I was like, I can't can't do this anything anymore. Um, and I, I naturally like sports games. Honestly, I. Only we got a PlayStation so we can get uh, it was during the pandemic and we figured, hey, I'll start playing NBA 2K again. Right. I'll start playing Call of Duty. I bought all the Call of Duty games. And that's really the only thing I played PlayStation for. And once I beat all the Call of Duty games and, and everything, it's like, OK, what's what next? And I saw it. I saw a commercial for it. We were just looking up like what are the top selling PlayStation games? Last of Us popped up in every single list. Yeah. Right. And I started reading about it and it wasn't just about like the action. The, the, the thing I read the most about was the storytelling. Right. So the same feelings that I'm supposed to feel in a great television show, you feel in the game. You feel when somebody dies on that game, you feel it because yeah. you feel like you spent time with this person over the course of a season. And it's like, right. no, it's, this is a video game. I've only been playing for a month. But like, no, that's the point. Right. Right. Because you can't play it all in one day. You, you play some you pick up the next day or you pick it up the next week and it's just like a, a television se- uh, season um so yeah it has all those same elements uh and that's what made it that's what's going to make it great for for everybody right if you love storytelling um yeah you can get around the zombies i think the zombies are going to be like a, a semi-small part of the journey of this yeah. season. what we're going to see is like how these characters interact with each other and how just humankind has devolved in a certain point and how it turns against each other. So I, I think, again, uh, people are going to love this season. Yeah. Damn it. You, you might've just sold me on the show. God damn it. Well, I, I think kind of like piggybacking off what you said, I think that like how some people say, Oh, game of Thrones has dragons. It's like, well, yeah, there's dragons there, but like there's, it's about people and it's about like control and power and stuff like that. This show is probably similar where, yeah, there's zombies, but like, they're not like, it's not the sole focus of the story. I mean, you're following these, these people as they maneuver their way through this dystopian world. So, you know, All I right. think that's, that, that's what is a reason to keep watching for people like Brittany, who I think you're ready to bail already. And well, I just, the, the, the little scary bits are scary. I don't, I don't like horror and I don't like yeah. zombies and I don't, I don't like seeing doggies potentially being killed by zombie-like creatures. Come on, no. That dog survived. That dog better have survived. Well, then call your 
fucking senators and tell them that the, wor <laughs> the world is fucking warming at a pace that means that we're going to have way more viruses and way more fungi. Yep. Listen, I, I got a lot to worry about just being a woman, okay, and living in Texas. My God. Yes, I know. Okay, I've got I've got the Handmaid's Tale in one corner. Now I got to worry about this shit. Okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did y'all notice how the uh, one of the scientists at the beginning talking about the fungus was uh, the guy from Spartacus? John oh, Hanna. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I still see him as the brother from The Mummy. Like, I can't take him serious, you know? He's uh, he's just an idiot. But, yeah, no, John Hanna was, had a very convincing uh, monologue, you know? Yeah, which was not in the game. That was a HBO <laughs> creation. Um, by the way, I, wa I wanted to point out that the, uh, the show one of the creators of the show is uh, Craig Mazin who did Chernobyl. So I don't know if y'all mm -hmm. watched Chernobyl, but it was a yeah. big hit on Limited HBO series. also. So, yeah. So, I mean, it looks like, like I said, I think this is like the apex of video game adaptations. And, Same. Should yeah. we rank HBO, uh, top HBO monologues? Like at some point, Ooh. like that, we will have to yeah, do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, something else, the reason why I knew the show is going to be a hit or I think it will be a hit is because it got that Sunday, that Sunday spot on, on, on uh, HBO. Like whenever they put something that 8 p.m. spot on Sunday nights, like that's they think that this is really fucking good. So we like we want everyone to see this. And uh, this is the showcase show for a while now. Or mm -hmm. it will be yeah, the amount of money they spent <laughs> on each episode. Yep, Let you know that this is premiere. Yeah. And, you know, earlier you were talking about video game sales and stuff. And I, I don't know that everyone, you know, realizes this, but like a hit video game, like it's more profitable than a hit movie. Like it, cause you know, video games, like they, you know, think about them, they cost 60, 70 bucks a pop. And, and all the games you mentioned, 2k Madden call of duty, these, these games literally year after year, they generate, you know, hundreds of millions I mean, to billions for really? Madden sometimes. So, yeah, like, really? and so, you know, this, this is a thing where, you know, to, to like our parents or whatever, like, they're like, oh, it's a video game. Like, who cares about that? But like, to people our age and younger, video games are huge. Like, and they're, this is obviously showing it like how you can take a video game and make it more than just a game. So, I don't know. I'm excited. I, I really enjoyed the first episode. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic. That. Yeah. I loved every every minute. I, I did. I can understand like feeling like it dragged, um, especially during like the, the Fedra parts, you know. But there, it's a there's a lot of information uh, that the show is gonna gonna have to like filter in over the course of uh, some episodes. Yeah, you know, a lot of backstories. Uh, like I said, we're, we're gonna get a lot of flashbacks uh, to kind of help with you know the the exp uh, exp explanatory parts of the show. Um, but I loved it. It, you know, the premiere lived up to it for me. Um, especially that opening scene alone, uh, the, the opening sequence. So I can't wait for next Sunday. Yep. Frank, any final thoughts on the last of us series premiere? Show the zombies, man. I want to see, I want to see these athletic motherfuckers kill motherfuckers, man. And go in. I'm, I'm in for the action. Get your um, wish. The, the the story is just a bonus for me, but I, I want I want to see more action. I want to see more suspense, um, drama. That's that's what I'm here for. Fair enough. Okay, Brittany, final thoughts. 
you know, I'll, I'll give it another episode. I'll give it another episode to progress with the storyline, see, you know, see where it goes. Tristan, you've convinced me with your eloquence and, you know, charisma and whatnot. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it another honest shot. Uh, but the minute I see the zombies, I'm, I'm bailing. Like, mm -mm, nope, can't do that. If Luna starts barking again, I'm out. I got to listen. Give I gotta her a listen to baby or girl. Something. Like, no, give her, I gotta yeah. No, she, I am her person. She her is there CBD. to protect me. No, that's for me. Uh, <laughs> no, she is there to protect me, and she will protect me from from anything real or on the television. And I appreciate that. Fair enough. <laughs> so now you've heard what we think of the first episode of The Last of Us. We want to know what you think out there, Brittany. How can people? How can people let us know? Join us for our live chats that will be weekly for The Last of Us. Be sure to follow us here on YouTube. That is The Watchers in the Basement. Don't forget to like this video. It helps out the algorithm. And don't forget to uh, let us know in the live chat your comments as well as in the comments section. If you're watching the replay, we'd really appreciate it. But you can also follow The Watchers in the Basement on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search at Watchers Basement use that same hashtag to help grow our audience tag us in articles memes etc you get the point let us know what you want us to review and lastly you can also listen to our audio podcasts on apple Podcasts, google podcast and spotify thanks to anchor.fm be sure to give us a five-star rating thank you Brittany. appreciate it so for Brittany, for frank for tristan i'm justin we'll see you next week when we review episode two of the last of us Good night.